Back again, back again. This is You Get Podcast, episode uh, 111. Uh, you're here with Melly. Uh, Rizzy's here. Rizzy. And we've got a very special guest. Um, you may have seen him in a movie before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can show you the world. Uh, <laughs> you've got a very special guest today. You want to introduce yourself, brother? Hey guys, my name's Danny. I currently work in tech and I am the founder of Blacksmith London as well as a co-founder of a new health and wellness startup called Sonar. Awesome. So we've been trying to get Danny on episode for uh, months and months and months and we've done a poor job of getting him on. Obviously, it's in a different setting. He's, wel- he's welcomed us to the mansion. Finally, um, he's here. You know, we're in New York right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's good to get you on, Danny, because... You know, we've kind of seen your journey, you've seen our journey, and it's crazy how we met even, all three of mm. us, and how the stuff that have come out of all three of us even meeting, really, like a kind of domino effect. Yeah. So, I guess to give all the listeners um, just a background, um, how did we all meet? So, you met Rizzy. I met Rizzy. Yeah. So, I used to work for Facebook a while back. That's where I met you, yeah. um, through a mutual friend. And then obviously through your business, Goodman, started working with you guys a little bit more. And then you guys invited me onto the podcast yeah. probably a couple of years ago now, I think. About it's yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then um, obviously when I jumped on the podcast, that's when I met you. Yeah. And um, the rest has been history. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. And then um, we, we now work together. Yeah, we work together. <laughs> so how, how did that happen? How did you just go from pod- being on the same podcast to working together? I guess we kept in touch, right? We kept yeah. in touch and then um, I had an opportunity to work where Danny's working and I was like, uh, let me reach out to my boy. And then, yeah, he gave me, he gave me the nuggets, he bribed the directors. <laughs> <laughs> and now, uh, you know, we're running the company together now. Nah, Obviously, but- you pull some strings. <laughs> but no, nah, man, it's good. It's, I love it's, that. Um, it's been really good, obviously, to see over the last year and a half, couple of years since that moment. Obviously, we kept in touch, mm-hmm. linked up a couple of times. But now that we're working together, I'm very, very glad that I get to see you very regularly. Uh. Get to get some of your, get to get some of your wisdom and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we now have. Obviously, a, now I'm on the podcast too. Exactly. So. Uh, me and Danny have our, our monthly uh, therapy sessions at yes. work, where we're like, people are like, oh, they must be working on a very intense project. It's like, nah, we just be talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll chop it up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, Danny, thanks for coming on. I guess we wanted to get you on just regards to like talking about experiences, as you mentioned about. Entrepreneurial side, but also the career side, and kind of the 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 kind of balance of life. Where how do you balance one over the other? Because we've had episodes before about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, um, careers, trying to get seven figures, etc. Mm. And I guess maybe on this platform, or for some other people, that it's always felt it has to be one or the other, and there's not much about how whether you're doing both or transitioning from one to the other, or how they can coexist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we want to talk about today. But I guess just to kick it off to you, first question would be kind of, if you could have it your way, would it be the whole diary or CEO where you get to the top of the food chain? Or would it be, you know, starting from the grassroots, your own thing? Like, have you ever been like black or white or what's your view and all that? To be honest, I think it's... I'll take a step back actually. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, um, I, I grew up in a household of Pakistani background. When my dad moved to this country, all he's ever done is 
working business. Okay. Right. You know, he doesn't have the skills or the qualifications, the professional qualifications or academic qualifications to get a normal job in this country. So all I've ever right. seen is he's been working in business or, you know, he's had his own small business here and there. Yeah. So growing up, I saw the struggle and the bad side of owning your own business. You know, I didn't get to see him that much. Yeah. He's always under financial pressure. Yeah. yeah. He's having to deal with sort of the day-to-day stress, the admin, um, a lot of the the chaos that you have to deal with, especially when you're a small business owner yeah. and you have your own retail store. And so I always said to myself growing up that I never wanted to have my own business. I wanted to wow. do um, what I saw my, my, my peers, their families doing that. Right. You know, they've got very well-established careers. They're accountants, they're bankers, they're doing what they're doing. So I went to a very strict academic grammar school growing up okay so i was around a lot of people who came from those backgrounds those yeah. very affluent backgrounds and so i saw what i didn't have and mm. i think that built an insecurity in me in which i thought okay i want to have what they have so that i fill a hole in my life that i apparently think i have right and so i, I originally i pursued economics at university but i remember my first year of university i was going to all these career events because i was thinking you know i've got no network I've never had a you know great internship or anything. I've only worked retail jobs as a teenager. I don't have any family connections. Mm-hmm. So from my first year of uni, I was really trying to hustle and try and see, okay, you know, Deloitte's on campus. Can I go see them? Yeah. Microsoft's on campus. Can I go see them? Um, and every single time I went to the event, I kept thinking to myself, I don't see myself doing what you guys are doing in five years, 10 years, 15 years. Right. I see a different side of myself. And I think when I was... In my first year, very early on, I realized, hold on, where I find that I get energy and fuel and drive from is when I'm building something for myself just for fun. Right. You know, whether it's at school, I've always been very heavily into like extracurricular things and just doing things on the side and and getting excitement and energy from that. Yeah. And so this was the same time when I started hearing about there's this guy called Ben Francis. He just dropped out of Aston. Right. He's building this thing called Gymshark. So I'm on YouTube and you know, like a lot of young guys, you're on YouTube, you're looking at all these fitness yeah. YouTubers and stuff. So I started looking at what Gymshark was doing. And then at the time, very early on, what a company called Alphalete in the US was doing. Right. And I thought, I'm really enjoying seeing what they're doing and what they're building. And I want that for myself. Yeah. But I realized at the same time that I don't have the skills. I don't know what I want to build a business in, nothing like that. So first things first is let me build up some savings, some experience, course, yeah. network. When the time is right, I want to jump in the business game and I just want to build brands for the rest of my life. Okay. I okay. knew my first year and I was talking to my flatmates in the kitchen. I remember saying, I just know that this is the path I want to go down. How cool would it be if I could do something like this? Yeah. I didn't know how I was going to do it, when or in what situation, but I knew that eventually it's going to happen. How, then, how did your friends react when you told them? So I think like, you know, I was very lucky that I had friends that I could just be very open and, and yeah. cool with. And, um, you know, one of my other friends, especially at that time, um, who was in the same block as me, he had that same type of passion. Okay. So we could really bounce ideas and yeah. just really future gaze a lot about a lot of these things to really you know, picture and imagine, oh, how cool would it be if, you know, we're flying there and we're working with like cele- celebrities and influencers and, you know, we've got our own team and we can mm-hmm. employ our own friends yeah. and, have that, I think everything was derived from freedom and flexibility yeah. and security. and so Ownership, ownership of time, basically. Exactly. And yeah. so, like, don't get me wrong, obviously, there's a lot of naivety that came in play as well because business comes with a whole lot of stress, yeah, right, yeah, as you guys yeah, know. Yeah. 
Um, but as a young 18, 19 year old, in my mind, I was like, this is a dream. Yeah. yeah. But I still gave the professional thing a shot. You know, I did a placement year um, at an American investment bank. Okay. And within a few months, it was the same thing again. I was like, I don't see myself in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to play the game, do what I need to do, get what I can up and learn as much as I can, build yeah. the right skill set. And then eventually it's going to come to me. I tried to launch my own fashion brand when I was in my final year of uni, yeah. using my savings from placement year. Okay. Couldn't even get it off the ground. Failed miserably. That was my oh, first failure. Right. What was it with, speaking on the first failure, what was it that you were like, you know what, I want to try this fashion brand thing? Was it like, I want to try and make money just doing something or was it, because I guess that's where people get their first reality check where it was yeah. like, do I just want to make money on my own accord without, you know, signing up or having a, a boss? Or was it like, oh, I, was the first project a passion project is what I'm asking? Or was it like, okay, I need to try and make money and then you realise quickly, actually, when that's your sole driver, it ain't going to do shit. I'll say um, a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I really underestimated how much it took, not just financially, but also in terms of skills and knowledge yeah. to launch a business, any business in any field. Yeah. I thought in my head, oh, it's calm. I'm going to go in Alibaba. I'm going to find a supplier <laughs> yeah, yeah. and call small, medium, large, and I'm ready to go. Mm. Then the deeper I got in, the more I realized I'm way in out of my depth. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not prepared for this. And very quickly, I ran out of money. Oh, and wow. so that's why I couldn't even launch the brand off the ground. Oh. And to this day, I probably like from my first samples, so actually I had caps and I was going to have t-shirts and hoodies. Yeah. Couldn't get the t-shirts and hoodies out. The caps have still probably got like 20, 30 left. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? Yeah, bro. So um, I think that first taste of failure was bittersweet because I was like, I had all these hopes and excitement of this is it. Like I'm going to be on my path, on my yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get a punch in the gut and you realize, okay, this is real. Yeah. yeah. This is how it happens. You run out of money and then what do you do next? And obviously I'm in my final year of uni at this point. Yeah. So I'm dealing with uni stress and, yeah. you know, deadlines and end of year exams. Um, and then I said to myself, okay, calm. At the same time, I got a call up from Facebook. I got the grad offer and they're like, okay, you need to move out to Dublin. Okay. Because all the graduates started there. So I said to myself, cool, this is a reality check. Yeah. I want to go out to Dublin. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, working in sales. I get to manage client relationships, mm -hmm. work with different businesses. Mm -hmm. Let me learn about digital advertising. Mm -hmm. Learn how these CEOs and CMOs and COOs run their businesses yeah and then when i'm ready i'm gonna jump back in okay and so so yeah that's what happened and you know i, I kept having the itch you know, i need to jump back in i need to jump back in i want to do something yeah and i think i realized there's only so many books you can read only yeah. so many podcasts you can listen to eventually you just got to do it yeah. Do it, yeah and so i jumped back in with blacksmith london which is my own e-com jewelry brand mm -hmm. i'm partnered with a mental health charity called young minds yeah. so five percent of every single sale that i make um, goes to support mental health for children, teens, and young adults. Oh, wow. And um, love that. And it's been a journey, been very, very up and down. Mm -hmm. But I've learned a lot. I've had a lot of fun. It's opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. Um, you know, giving me access to a very wide network. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not where I want it to be, ideally, but I've gone in with a mindset of I'm just trying to play with this. Yeah. Test learn yeah. experiment make as many mistakes as i can mm -hmm. so that the next business or the next two businesses they're the ones that are going to skyrocket yeah okay Great. how did you um how did you get past the initial you spoke about growing up and watching your dad like basically have to fight every day to the point of like every day is not 
every day is basically, is the business going to work? Is the business going to work? How did you confront that kind of past to then look forward to the future? Because that's a big swing to go from, I'm not trying to be like dad. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to die in this life. I can get this career. I've got this grad scheme at an American uh, banking company. Like This is sweet. This is what people kind of push their kids to. This is what all your peers, you're growing up doing. How do you make that 180 to be like, actually, you know what? This, apart from building things, like, actually, it's not about looking back at the past and saying, I don't want to do what dad did. It's about understanding what I want to do for myself. How did you kind of divorce your dreams from kind of your past trauma sort of thing? I think, to be honest with you, there's still moments where I I look back at that time mm-hmm. as a kid, as a teenager, and I think about, I have flashbacks to watching my dad doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I question, am I even doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, there's that voice in your head that fuels self-doubt. Yeah. But I would say 90% of the time, I remember, like, what is it that I truly want out of my life? And I think, you know, to your question, what made, what made me have that switch, aside from having that realisation at university was, when I was 17 is when I was first diagnosed with mental illness I was diagnosed with mixed anxiety and depression disorder mm-hmm. and um, it was my first ever experience with mental health and I remember it really just like woke me up yeah to like struggle and actually um, the value and the importance of having life on your terms yeah, yeah. and I remember that lack of control that you feel when you're going through an experience with anxiety is what further, I think, I think unintentionally, like Mm -hmm. I don't think I think about, I thought about this consciously, it further drove me to believe that what I want in my life is freedom. Yeah. Freedom and security. Um, The thought of having a um, normal life, and I say, I use that term very loosely Mm -hmm. because there's nothing wrong with a normal life. My parents have had a like normal life, yeah. if you want to call it that. Um, for some reason, it scares me. It scares me yeah. a lot. Um, it's not the normalcy. It's the it's the perception of settling for something. Like yeah. you didn't reach the stars, so you settle for the, settle for the cloud sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like when you know in your heart that you are capable of so much, mm. anything less than that feels like you let yourself down. Yeah, and look, I don't know when I'm going to quote-unquote make it. Yeah. But I know that it's going to happen. And I know that I'm going to keep striving in that direction no matter what. What does make it look like to you? Um, how, how would you define making it? Like at what point would you know that I've made it? Because that's obviously, obviously yeah. de- defined by however you perceive it. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's a good question because I've been really trying to rethink and yeah. rewire how I think about that. Um, I, you know, I think in the last, especially last couple of years, there's been a lot of discourse, especially on social media and online about, um, you know, redefining success and moving away from material success. Mm. And personally, I found that I have found that quite hard to settle that inner conflict in myself because so much of our life is driven and determined by financial success. Yeah. And that's 100% still a big part of it. Mm. From a material perspective, I feel like I will, you know, I would have made it when I can retire my parents. Yeah. yeah. If I can 
afford myself, mm-hmm. my future family, and you know my parents and my younger sister comfortably, and yeah. give them a life of comfort and luxury to some extent. Um, I would have felt like I've done my duty and I've made it. Yeah, it's not what they expect of me, but it's what I expect of myself, and I feel like is you know what they deserve. Mm. So from a material point of view, that's like a huge milestone that I want to be able to achieve. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I feel like I can do that, I feel like I made it. But more so than that, from a non-material perspective, if I feel like I can, you know, build brands, but also have a positive impact on the way, yeah, and empower other people from my background and similar backgrounds, if I can create opportunity and open doors for others, yeah, then I feel like from a non-material perspective, I've made it. That's my legacy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How can I? positively affect other people's lives today, tomorrow and in the future. Yeah. So it's kind of wrapped up in a neat bow, you could say, a legacy of adding value. Yeah. In, in whatever you've been in, whether it's, you know, the bank balance that your kids will have or, you know, your parents retiring, the, the value, monetary value, emotional value, career value to other people around you, yeah. people on. Um, you kind of spoke about backgrounds and I guess, you know, I want to ask you, do you ever have that kind of child of immigrants like Desi Despora um, kind of backpack if you will where it's like some of your peers that you may have gone to school with um, may have been from a, a British background so they may not have the immigration stuff but you know coming from a, a Ghanaian background do you ever have that because I also have that whole like I want to retire my parents if I could etc etc and some people don't, may not have that baggage or not all that burden that they wear how does that impact how you move? Because for some people, some people might say that, you know, you don't have to wear that on yourself. You don't have mm. to retire your parents. Your parents, says, they see it as their last mission to put you in a position for you to succeed. So how do you, are you at peace with actually, regardless of, you know, being a de- like a, from the diaspora, that's what I want to own as adding value? Or is it, how do you feel? Is it something that you just feel like you're, you're born with it, that you have to retire your parents? Um... I would say in terms of retiring my parents specifically, it's less so of a cultural responsibility or or burden, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'd say it's more of a societal expectation. I think where we are in this very social media driven world of what success looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to buy my mum a house and I want to do this. I think, you know, that's part of it for sure. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is because of what I want to do for them and the visions that I have in my mind of being able to give them everything that they never had. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, whether I can see it in the moment or not, there are always cultural ties because, you know, within my community, family is everything. Yeah. yeah. How do you support your family, especially as a man and as a firstborn son, is uh, the responsibility you have to support your family and to take a lead and to, you know, in the most traditional way, be a man, Mm -hmm. as, you know, often you hear that statement being thrown around. That is a thing in our community and that is passed down generation to generation. And now whether you agree with it or not, is obviously something different. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that that expectation is there. And I was taught from a very young age to step up and to lead and to take responsibility in my household, to be someone that other people can rely on. Yeah. And 
that has had both a positive and a negative impact on me. You know, I've, I've had therapists tell me in the past that I need to take that burden off of my plate mm. and that there's only so much one person can, you know, take on. Take on, yeah. yeah. And I think I, to a fault, have um, overlooked some of that advice. Right. I definitely understand and appreciate the value of, of um, considering that it's, you know, I can only do what's within my control. Yeah. There is a chance that it might not work out the way I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. Um, I might not be able to retire my parents, for example, mm. and I might not be able to fulfill my duties as the firstborn son mm. in a South Asian household. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I keep moving in that direction. And I think, yeah, it's driven by my cultural background, yeah. driven by the way I was brought up. It's driven by watching my dad do what he did in his family, in his community. Yeah. And then it's further perpetuated by what we see online and by the continual discourse that we have online and in person with like-minded yeah. individuals. So how, how do you balance that? Because, you know, the, the pressure that you put on yourself, knowing your responsibility, you know, how do you pick between, you know, I, I need to like be a bit realistic with, you know, just allowing things to flow or, or like taking control to be like, I'm going to make sure and do absolutely everything I need to do for me to achieve this goal of, you know, being the leader, taking care of my parents. Mm -hmm. How do you like balance it? Because you do need to prioritize obviously your, 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 yeah. your mind. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think that I've done a great job of mm. balancing things. It's still something I'm trying to work out. Okay. Um, you know, Melvin will tell you this often time we're catching up in the office and I'm saying to him, bro, like I'm, I feel like, you know, one conversation we had recently was, I feel like this year I've been taking a lot of L's. Like things aren't moving at the pace that I want them to move. Yeah. And, you know, Melvin said something to me that was very powerful, which in the moment I was laughing with him saying, oh, that's a bar. <laughs> like, but yeah. it's something that stuck with me. He said to me, you know, you've been used to being on a Formula One track, moving and, you know, finishing at pole position. Mm. And right now you're on the pit stop and you're watching everyone go past you. Yeah. And you're feeling the pressure of that. And I, and I have. Mm. And I have felt like I'm slowing down. I feel stagnant. I feel stuck. I'm not doing what I've set out to do. You know, business has been really challenging for me this year. My career hasn't moved in the way in which I've wanted it to move. But I think as I mature and I have these discussions and I have these moments of realization more and more I'm learning that um, you know it's not going to be a constant trajectory of progress yeah and there are going to be long stints yeah where you feel like you've moved backwards or you're stuck you're not moving forward or you're moving in a different direction mm -hmm. you know life just happens and there's only so much you can control and a lot of the time the pressure is manageable and there's other times where I feel like I'm drowning yeah. So, um, look, I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm only human as are the rest of us in terms of sometimes we can't manage the pressure and that's okay. Yeah. And you've got to let yourself go through that moment. Um, but the things that you can control and you can manage, for example, right now, um, I'm very fortunate that I'm working with an executive coach at work to just help 
recenter me in terms of my mindset, in terms of my goals, my progress. But more importantly, I'm working with a therapist again, get my mind back on track, That's good. Um, get my health back on track. So yeah, definitely ebbs and flows. There's times where I'm better at managing pressure than other times, but life goes on. Yeah, I love that. I think um, I relate to that a lot. That's one of the few times I do have Jen for Danny. The rest is just banner. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> but um, you touched on the therapy part, and I think one of the things um, I will. So I remember starting therapy. Yeah, I think it was 2021, and kind of think that whole year was kind of like just going to therapy sessions, and I realized. Just how much, not that it just recenters you, but it's kind of, it gives you, it, and I don't want to sound like a hippie, but it heals your perception. Because your perception can be damaged. You know, your perception can be, you know, askew or you're not getting the full vision of everything. And a part of that therapeutics, I was kind of taking a step back, kind of fixing that vision and understanding the bigger picture. And, and that's why I was telling you about the pit stops. Because I was going through that as well in terms of, Personally, just feeling as if like I'm stuck in a rut. I'm just seeing everyone zooming past and thinking this game over. You know, I'm never going to catch up to them. And having that vision of like, no, the pit stop is to you know, no, no, no matter how long you're there, the race is not over. Everyone's going to take a pit stop. You know, for so long I've seen life as, and this is this is probably a guy, or no, not a guy thing, but more people that watch sports. So you know, when you're keen on sports. You've grown up with, you know, players that are like, come on the scene at 15, 16, basketballers on the draft. And when you're 15, 16, and you see these players, it's like, whoa, this could have been me. Now me approaching like, get, turning 30 this year, 30 is like synonymous in all sports really as like, oh, you know, this is the, this is the cliff. This is <laughs> like, you know, this is his last big contract. This is, yeah. if he doesn't win now, when is it going to happen? Yeah, you've got to super max now. You, yeah. Before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You start becoming injury prone. Exactly. I don't, that end, Exactly, he's going to become, like basically people start to see it as this is his twilight of whether he's going to become red hot or not. And I guess sometimes what I, what I had to do was, and through therapy was divorce that, that sprint mentality, that yeah. life is our, or your career is a hundred meter race. Like, yeah. you know, if you don't, and I had it for so long, I just felt like it was, that I felt that I had to get to my end goal. I had to get to what I thought was success was at speed sprinting the whole way because you know you know in 100 meters you can't take a breath or you're done you know it's done by the millisecond and for so long I had to kind of divorce that and kind of break that perception down and you spoke about backgrounds as well where I don't have the first son syndrome where you know first Simba you know next up you know the next king obviously I was the the first born grandson on my mum's side but I was always the second child in the house so it's always been a kind of like yeah, you know, you'll get there one day, but, you know, you're the young prince, so everything's going to be, it'll take time, it'll take time. But I guess when you kind of remove yourself from that and realise that, oh, no, like, I don't want to set up for normal, which is nothing wrong with that, but when you believe in your, and it's it's a crazy, some people would say, oh, yeah, you, you know, you've got an inflated ego or, you know, you're narcissistic, but sometimes it's so hard to describe how it feels when you genuinely believe you've got so much more potential and, I was going through that before I joined the company uh, where Danny's at, where I felt I had so much potential, but I didn't feel like there was a way to express it or get through it. And sometimes when you're in that pit stop, sometimes you think it's a rut, it can, it can be mentally draining because it's like, why me? Because you do see people zooming past. You do see 
people achieving what they want to achieve and you just feel to yourself like, oh, well, you know, it's not my, it's not my portion to. I guess one of the things I want to leave off with some people is that understanding that kind of whatever it takes, whether it's therapy, whether it's talking to friends or family, is a lot of it's about healing your perception of what, what you want to do. And sometimes the perception you have, it's not per se toxic, but you're missing a big portion of that jigsaw of that perception. Yeah. Sometimes you see, oh, life is a 100-meter race, when really it's the first 100 meters of a marathon. Mm. And sometimes with that perception, you're like, you know what, I can stumble the first 100 meters. I, could, I can literally not start and everyone's 100 meters in front of me. Yeah. It's just 24 miles left. And I guess sometimes, and that's, that's all I would probably say when it comes to that perspective of just like people putting way too much pressure on success because they feel like it's a sprint. And if I don't bust it by 25, 30, I'm, I'm at you. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Um, a lot of the times I'd say a scarcity mindset is what brings that fear from within. Mm. And then and then the reaction to that is to sprint. So explain, what I find, explain, explain a scarcity mindset for people that don't understand it. So a scarcity mindset, oh, yeah. So a scarcity mindset is um, just so having a perception of lack, like you feel like you know, time's limited, mm. um, opportunities are limited, you know, and the opposite to that is abundance. Abundance is just believing that you know there's an an an, abun- an unlimited amount of opportunities. Yeah. You've got all the time in the world yeah which is quite hard to get your head around because as we know time is limited but yeah. then some people argue that time is an illusion so yeah. you know and just believing that like god or the universe is working in your favor so yeah. even when things don't go your way as planned well t- you know as as you want um there's another opportunity around the corner that's gonna um come so Nothing's at L really. Everything's yeah. just a lesson. So it's you know between those two perspectives, um, I'd say when I do get into mo- moments where um, I have a scarcity mindset and I run into fear, I notice that I start sprinting because it's like I need to, I need to I need to make this amount by this date. I need to take advantage of absolutely every opportunity that's in front of me right now and you're just saying yes to everything and that's when I notice that I take L's that's when I notice that oh. I've not checked my blind spot because I'm just sprinting and I'm only looking at things from like one perspective rather yeah. than just looking at zooming out and looking at things in the grand scheme so yeah I, I, just, I just I feel like when it comes to like hustling business sprinting is not the way and as nipsey said you know it's a marathon not a sprint and when once i adopted that mentality of you know that marathon mindset that you know i'm in it for the long haul you know i'm not here to sprint that's when you take the tap you take a step back and you just allow things to flow in natural order Mm. rather than putting that pressure on yourself that forces you to sprint which then leads to, you know, me taking on loads of L's and making mistakes. I want to ask you a question about that. Because I think one thing that I've found difficult, especially in recent times, has been how do you find that balance between I need to, you know, push and push and push versus um, I'm pushing too much and I'm missing my blind spot, I'm taking L's. Because I think sometimes people will think, as as you've just explained, 
and they'll go too far the other way and it goes from an abundance mindset to a complacency mindset yeah of oh everything's going to be okay so i can you know go slow and steady slow and mm. steady and you then mistake or you conflate um patience for being passive yeah so how do you find that balance and how do you approach that in your business and in your, in your life okay so i think the num like what i do is i just have to make sure that there's action I'm, there's always i'm always making an action it could be the smallest thing so i've adopted the mindset of lay a brick a day mm. which is just you know as long as you're laying a brick a day you eventually have that house built. It's a mad phrase, I can't mm. lie. <laughs> <laughs> like, you eventually, like, over time, you'll just notice, wow, I've built a house. So today, I'm just going to lay down one brick rather than trying to build a whole wall, mm. you know, um, in in a week or in a month. It's just, you know, I'm just going to lay a brick a day and I know that all these little steps are going to lead to the big thing. The incremental gains, yeah. 1%. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's, that's literally how I perceive it now. And it's just like, you know, you might not necessarily have all the answers to how you're going to get to where you need to get to, but you just believe that the action I'm about to make, I'm not 100% sure in it, but it's going to get me to... So faith is needed. You definitely yeah, need yeah. faith. And I'm a, quite a very spiritual person. Mm. Um, I do believe that um, God is always working in my favour. But... He needs to see action. He needs to see that I want it the most. Yeah. Um, he he needs I need, he needs to see from my actions that I believe that you know I'm going to get to where I'm where I need to get to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that faith definitely helps a lot. Yeah, I think sometimes you know you need to almost have like a delusional self confidence. Definitely, mm. I might not work out today. <laughs> yeah, I might not work out tomorrow, but eventually it's going to work out. And you know, to your point. Just, you know, lay a brick a day or, you know, move one step at a time, move forward. As long as you're moving forward all the time or yep. you're trying to plant the seeds, yeah. eventually they'll come to harvest. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out and piece together. Yeah, I think there are times when I know myself when I'm under pressure is when I work best. Yeah. And you tap into, you know, Tim Grover talks about it. Uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant's uh, personal trainer, he talks about like, the dark side and the dark energy. And sometimes you've got to tap into that and just zone in and, and lock in yeah. to be able to tap into a different level of yourself. But I think the dangerous um, game to play is is when is knowing when to tap into that, when to be more patient. Yeah. And that's what I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I guess I remember we spoke about this, Danny, before about, you spoke about Jordan and Kobe and it was like tapping into that, we called it playoff mode. Mm. where it's like and 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 this is a good segue to kind of touch on like you know what you know half time of the year you know just started july and how do you guys manage your your network or you know honestly your loved ones and the people around you when you have to tap into that uh, it's playoff mode and for people that are not familiar with playoff mode it's effectively locking the hell in tunnel vision on one set goal and you and you and you, and you can't sustain it for a long amount of time actually because it's emotional burnout mental yeah. burnout but it's a part of your life where you're like you're locked in and like danny and and, and riz for yourselves where you're balancing so many things how do you 
do that and not offend and it's all oh, that's not probably not offend but how do you do that and then maintain mm. the relationships you want to maintain because for some people it's like i do see a lot of you know i had friends and then like friends are not real it's it's the entrepreneurship and highly driven people and uh, you know career driven people and then there's a whole like sort of kind of like a you know friendship is for the weak sort of thing so how do you like, how maintain that very good question do you want to go first or? Do you know, I'll go first because like, yeah, I can just pretty much just be like honest and say I struggle with it. Mm. I, I believe I'm terrible. Yeah. Um, I understand how a lot of people within my network can um, perceive it as I'm intentionally being away, mm-hmm. but I'm genu- I genuinely struggle to communicate while I'm zoned in. Yeah. And that's something I know I need to work on um, I have no choice but to work on it because it does affect me. It does affect me in business. It does affect me with my relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I'm continuously working on. That's just me being honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Completely echo that. I think, I think I found it very tough, especially where, you know, you care about your friends, you care about your family. Yeah. Um, you know, you care about your partner and you want to be able to give them time and quality energy mm-hmm. and you know that at the end of the day if you strip everything back it's the people in that in your life that matter most you yeah. know, it's the relationships in your life that are the most valuable um and i have found it hard i've been i think you know the there's been times over the last couple of years where some friends have said to me oh you know we don't see you anymore mm-hmm. or you know we see that you're out doing this and this but how come you don't come see us or oh, yeah. you know um, you, you're not active in the group chat anymore or I remember back then you used to say this you say that or we used to do this now we don't and it's a very tough balance you know there are times where you have to lock in and you have to just do your own thing and there are other times where you can expend more energy socially and I think you know at the end of the day as cliche as it sounds communication is key yeah. you've got to be really transparent with people there are times Definitely. where I say to my you know, my family, I've got a younger sister. There's yeah. a very big age gap between us. And I would love to see her all the time. I would love to spend as much time as I can with her. I'd love to jump on FaceTime and, you know, just catch up about her school day and stuff. But sometimes I can't. Mm-hmm. And you have to over-communicate and you have to be overly transparent. And say, hey, Definitely. Look, I've got this launch coming up, this deadline coming up, or mm-hmm. I'm under a lot of pressure at work, for example. Yeah. So I can't today, maybe not tomorrow, but on the weekend, why don't we block out this time yeah. yeah so sometimes it's about being selfish so that you can be selfless yeah you know it's that old phrase about you can't pull from an empty cup and sometimes my social battery is gone me too i can't like <laughs> i said to melvin the other day in the office i said to him i feel like sometimes there are dozens of like strings connected to my mind and i'm being pulled in different directions yeah and everyone wants a piece of me yeah and all the responsibilities and commitments in my life everything is demanding something of me, whether it's time or energy or effort. Um, sometimes I just can't do it. Yep. And um, I think the times when I can't do it and I haven't proactively communicated it beforehand is where I feel like I've let myself down and I've let the other person down. Mm. You know, if I've, if I've not been able to be present with my family or if I haven't given quality time to my friends yeah. or to my partner and so on, it's those times are the times where I feel like 
I'm letting myself down because I'm letting them down. Mm. So I'd say, you know, it is about balance and balance doesn't mean that everything's equal mm. and well distributed. It means that there are times where you give more to your business and your work or to whatever it is you've got a commitment to yeah. and other times where you give more commitment to, commitment to people. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of that aside, don't forget to give yourself that quality time. Yeah. That time when, yeah, you can lock in and you can work and you can go hard, but there are times where you just need to switch off and just do your own thing. Yeah. And just shut off from the world. Your friends, your family, your work, your business. So yeah, I'd say like balance, over communication and um, extra transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That trend that's how I combat it by being transparent. If I when I literally break down like the things that I go through, not to say that you know, other people aren't going through it, yeah, and help the person understand what I'm going through, that's when I get that I understand, you know, and, and I just have to remind myself, you know what, just do a bit of overshare. Like, mm. let that person know exactly what's been happening within the past couple of weeks, and then they get it. Yeah. So you just have to keep, you know, rem- I have to keep reminding myself to, um, to like, in, like, let people know that this is what I'm going through. I think one thing that does um, make things a lot tougher for us while we're going through that is having st- still maintaining that social media presence. Yeah. So mm. by still you know showing yourself going about on your like every day people see that and think oh you know your life's fine you know enough you're not going for anything you're still dining and going out to eat and drink like you look like you have no problems from your story and but you don't come to social media to to show the dark side of like the things that you go through so everyone just thinks you know you just Happy life, sweet. Still made for good content. Nobody wants to see that you're sitting there on the sofa at 11 p.m. on your laptop. Exactly. Because then people are going to turn around and say to you, "Oh, it's you know toxic hustling. You're pushing that hustle culture." Yeah. Mm. Where yeah, to some extent, you know, maybe you are, but you're not saying to that person you should do the same thing. Yeah. You're showing the person this is just the reality of how it is. Exactly. And if I don't show it, yeah, people are looking at you and like, "Oh, your life is calm." Yeah. yeah. And you know, you're free, but they mistake being free for being available. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm I'm sh- I'm acting on social media because I I need to be. Yeah. Mm. It's part of my business, part of my career. But yeah. Do you feel like a lot of people? don't uh, so what I tend to think is I, f- I feel like a lot of people don't understand that the acting part so you know you're giving off a perception online and you know the reason why part of self-branding I don't know you're trying to capture the attention of a brand or but for people that aren't in that world they look at that and they just don't get it so I feel very misunderstood a lot of the times when I'm in in, in that position so I, I get I get what you mean like um when you're posting things on your socials and whatnot, um, do you tend to get people that just think that that's literally like your life and, you know, there's nothing else? 100%. Like you're not going through anything or, yeah. you know, like how, how, how do people, do, what do people say to you? Like literally when yeah. you're posting content and, you know, you are going through things, but you're just not sharing that online. I think, and you know what, this is something that's outside of our control because, well, to some extent, the bit that is in our control is you're giving someone a point of reference. So if all they're seeing is, um, you know, you're out with the boys in in Marbella or you're out for drinks or you're out for dinner all the time, Mm. then that is the picture they paint of you. So that is, that's on us. That is the picture that we're giving out to the world, A. But B, 
you know, people still need to have the awareness and the understanding themselves to realize this is just social media. There is 80% of things that you just don't see. I don't feel like I need to share everything in my life. You know, people say to me, my friends say to me, oh, you know, you're very active on social media. I'm active on social media, but I'm only showing you what I want to show. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot in my life that I want to keep private to myself because I don't feel like everyone or the world is entitled to see everything about my life. Yeah. Nor do I feel comfortable with sharing everything about my life. So I think it's a very difficult balance to strike between how do you be authentic? Yeah. And how do you still hold your own boundaries? There are some people who will just never get it. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's on them. But at the end of the day, we have to still keep doing what we're doing within reason. Um, obviously, you still want to drive that authenticity on social media and, and still maintain and respect your own boundaries on, online. And it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah, because, you know, um, it's funny. I've been on the receiving end of maintaining perception of availability, career, the dark side. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember a friend reached out to me and was like, oh, how come you, uh, like you've been quiet? And I was like, oh, like, you know, I had a massive career change, but I was going through this massive, you know, interview process. Um, and a lot of it was unsuccessful. I was going, like Danny mentioned about feeling like you're going through L's. I, I was taking L's for like six months last year. Solid L's, like getting to final rounds, getting, and you guys know how it is. It's like, oh, are you really gonna fit in here? Exactly, yeah. executive saying like, yeah, like, oh yeah, I would love to, you know, do some mentoring. Like, yeah, like, looking forward to our next conversation. All this stuff, stuff where you start being like, mm. I'm so, the man. <laughs> I'm the, like, oh, what's my commute gonna be like? That's where I was, and this was like, bro, yeah. I started planning holidays. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to go to that lad's holiday because, you know, I'm going to, that's my start date probably. Yeah. And working on. So I remember the back end of last year, I was going through that moment. I remember one of the epiphanies was like, it was around my birthday and I was at another person's birthday and I was just sitting there, there, but I wasn't present. And someone was like, oh, are you cool? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, I think I was in between rounds. I think I was the final round. And I thought I'd done so well, but it, it hadn't got back to me yet. And I remember just being at someone's event and not being present and be like, oh, you know, you know what? I'm just going to go home. And like, oh, you're cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realised because I was so in that kind of like that moment, that phase, that playoff mode of, and I was taking rejections and losing a lot where I was just like, you know what? I just, I just can't personally compartmentalise my social life, social media and what I was going through. But if you saw me on social media, you think he's having like, he's having a ball. Not knowing that the day before, he just got the thing of like, you know what? It was between you and someone internal. You're like, fuck. You know mm. what I mean? No one sees that side of it. No one sees anyone screenshot the, um, loved having an interview with you. However, no one screenshot those interviews, right? Nobody, everyone will say, you know, this is the pack. Oh, I just got a pack. I just got a pay rise. But nobody sees the whole thing of like, you know, you got the redundancy letter. So I went through the thing where someone said to me, oh, like, where you been? And I was like, oh, and I tried to explain to them, like, oh, yeah, like, I was going through some, I was going through this incident, this interview phase, and I was like, yeah, I landed an amazing job. And it was like, oh, like, you're a bad friend. And at the time, I was like, I didn't understand it, but then I looked back and having this conversation was because it wasn't the over-communication. It wasn't that whole, I was going through this, six month marathon of 
rejections, interviews. I was just in the I was in the playoff mode, and at the time I was like, "How can you call me a bad friend? Like, mm. I just told you that I got a new job, and and you t- and I realized hearing you lot, it's, it's about and stressing that over communication where we have to own that. You know, Rizzy's probably smirking, thinking, "No, you don't own no nothing," but we owe it to ourselves, though. Yeah, to, we owe it to ourselves. We don't yeah. owe no one no explanations, but we owe it to ourselves that. When you are main, trying to maintain a network, you know, from your end, it's okay just to be like, look, because I'm going to go zero dark 30 yeah. for six months. But I me, you see me, I don't even tell people because I don't want you to ask why. Mm. I would just be like, blah, 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 boom. Where's, where's Melly? Where's he been? Da, 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 da. Oh, I'm cool. I'm cool because I don't want to even bring you into that playoff mode that I'm in. Because now you're invested. Now people can be like, oh, how's it going with the interviews? I don't want you to know. And now I'm going to say, yeah, I'll just go and this again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So people like, and then now it's not just your L. You now have to, and it goes back to Danny's point. I want to choose what I share. Yeah. yeah. So I understand the whole over-communicating and being transparent, but I'm not trying to communicate. And people can say, that's ego. Nah, that's not for me. Nah. It's like rejection sucks. Mm. Losses suck. Trust me. Yeah. And it's one thing for me to process it and get through it, dust myself up and get up again. It's like this. How many times have you guys in your life, you know where you, you be somewhere random by yourself in like a shopping market or down the road and you stack, you stack, you're walking, you stack, you stumble till you fall on the floor. You look around, no one's looking, you laugh to yourself. That shit, man, that hurt, man. But imagine now falling down, everyone's there. Are you right? You feel like an idiot. Yeah. And that's how I was just, and that's how I probably and some people say that's not healthy, but I say that's how I take when I'm going through this playoff mode where I feel like whether it's a business or my career where I'm fighting for something to succeed, I wanna do it in, I feel comfortable doing it in the shadows and sometimes that may compromise maintaining relationships. Well I think on that point, and I think you make a good point in terms of, you know, you've got to choose what you share and who mm, with. Yeah. I think there is a balance of for example, if you say you need to be in the shadows you can still let someone know, hey, like, I'm working on some stuff right now. Mm. Give me some time. When I'm ready, then we'll link up again. Yeah. Or, you know, when I'm ready, then we'll chat about it. Yeah. But just know, like, I'm, I'm here if it's an emergency, but right now I'm lock- I'm in the shadows. You don't know why, you don't need to know why, but when the time is right, the time is right. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to the people in your circle, like, put that trust in them as well mm. to show empathy. Yeah. And if they don't, then obviously that's a lesson. But yeah, some people don't. Some people don't. And that's I've you had can't some, control their reaction. Exactly what you just said. I remember saying that to a friend of mine I've been friends with since college. Wouldn't say they're in my circle, but we've been we've known yeah. each other for a long time. And they responded with, All right then, Bill Gates. Do you know what that did to me? Like inside. It just made me feel like maybe you don't respect what I do. You're not taking me seriously. I did. I did. And that's just an example of how someone like. How did you respond in that moment? Just ignored it. Yeah, just ignored it. (laughs) But I I, I did think about it after, and I just thought that means a lot. You were rattled. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, and and, and that's the thing when when, when we talk about over communication, about the entrepreneur side or the the career side, where it's like over communicating is basically being vulnerable. I'm about to tell yeah. you I'm working, yeah. and it's very sensitive to me. Yeah, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not making an IKEA shelf or IKEA dresser. This is something that's very important to me. Very, I'm being vulnerable. So in that, 
you have to understand the people that you tell, are they going to respect that? Because if it's like, oh, you're still trying to work, why are you, you imagine you say, oh, I'm trying to work at, I don't know, let's say Google. Yeah. And someone's just like, I don't know what I got Google for. That's, mm. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure about that? I use that, bro, I've done five rounds. I think I'm fucking, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I think I'm sure. Like, I just got rejected. And you're telling me that, ah, oh, Google's overrated. Do you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes it's like, this is why I go zero dark 30. Yeah. Because when I'm there, in most cases, that you're not going to have that energy. That your energy is different compared to, I work at Google, compared to, I'm applying for Google. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's not to slight anyone, but that's just in reality how it is. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that myself. So like, I know if I was telling people I'm interviewing for this company, I'm like, oh, do you want to work there? Da, 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 da. As opposed to LinkedIn, hey, happy to announce that I'm now at this company. <laughs> Congrats! Oh wow, how did you do that? Yeah, and and it's 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 kind of knowing yourself or knowing your your own like you're not gonna like how people react, and it's also about just knowing the human behavior sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think people's reaction, especially you know, your friends or people in your circle, it's very telling when you either share a moment of either vulnerability mm. or share a moment of a win or a success. Yeah. yeah. And their reaction, if they're not coming with the energy that you're expecting or they're coming with this underlying bitterness, I think that yeah. in itself is a message. That's why I, I, I think like a lot of times I get into the mode where I'm like, I'm just not going to say anything. And if you have me misunderstood, then yeah, it is the way it is. But that's the part of me where I think I'm a pretty laid back and, yeah. you know, things can go a bit left once something like that, that does happen. But a lot of the time I get into that mode where I feel like I don't owe anyone anything. Mm. So I don't need to always be transparent. Mm. And a lot of the times when I am transparent and I do a bit, a lot of overshare, I just feel like, what did I get out of that? You know? You've given them yeah. some sort of closure or peace. And it's like, I just feel exhausted from explaining my whole idea now. Exactly. Yeah. But there, but one thing I would say is that there is power in sharing your L's. Yeah. Um, I remember back in early, so late 2020, early 2021, um, a lot of things were going very well for me and I was like, I felt like I was on a winning streak. Mm. And um, one of my friends said to me, oh, you're, yeah, you're lucky. And I was like, fuck. What? I couldn't believe it. I was just like, lucky? I was like, no, bro, I've, been, I've put in the work. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah. this is not luck. And he was like, no, nah, you're lucky because you, this is what you decided to do. And that threw me back. I just, just stop there, ignore. I'm very yeah. good at ignoring. And um, I just felt like this guy just said I'm lucky. Like, lucky? Nah, I'm not I'm not lucky. Lucky is so, winning the lottery. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so yeah. I, I then got into a mode where I was like, you know what, yeah, when I go through L's, I'm going to tell people about the L's that I've gone through. You know, and I've told you about some of the L's that I've taken openly. I'm just like... I've told you about a lot of the L's. <laughs> I think there's power in telling people about your L's so that when you do win at a later time, or you do get into a place that you you know you you want to get to, people know that it didn't come easy. Like I remember when you went through this, 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 that, and look at how far you've come. You 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 um, kept going. Mm. So there is power in telling people about your L's. Maybe after you've gotten over it, 
you know, just do a bit of overshare. It depends on like, who it is, the yeah. context. Like, you know, for example, I share my with you guys. Yeah. And, you know, Melbourne, a lot of work. Other people, maybe not. Yeah. Because you know on the receiving end what you might get. And I know that, for example, when I confide in you guys, mm. especially when I'm at work with Melbourne, I feel like I can be really authentic. Yeah. And I know that he's going to come back to me with empathy. Yeah. And like, there's other times where you're going to get a mad response, like what you've got in the past. And then you're left thinking, why did I do that? Yeah. And that's, that that's the worst a, feeling. That is a worst feeling of oh why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. It's like someone threw pie on your face. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, oh, this is embarrassing. And that person's just staring at you like, well, you're just like, I said that to you to give you context. And it's like, now I just feel like I'm double down bad. I yeah. feel better. You not knowing and you thinking I'm a bad person. Yeah. And now my throat feels tight. I'm, I'm yeah. a tough swallow. <laughs> Why me? Then they ask you, so what are you going to do now? You're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they turn around to you and ask you, what are you going to do now? Like, what? I, just, I just found the news yesterday. <laughs> I guess I'm going to fly again, isn't it? Um, nah, man, 100% get that. I guess before we go, just to obviously signify, it's, you know, as they say in football, it's half time, as you say in basketball, you know, third quarter. What's your. Where are you not at right now? Where is it? Is it playoff mode or is it like you feel like actually I'm just going to remain consistent in that, how I approach things and, and how would you how do you relay that to the listeners in terms of when it ever comes to you know half time in the year? Like, is it time to reflect or is it time to say you know what actually I'm going to double down I'm going to pick up the pace. Um, so at, I'm trying to think of some good one. Like okay. This. <laughs> <laughs> um, the game is the same. Yeah, the products is different. <laughs> I beg you put up that video on the screen right now. I'll send it to you. Yeah, so at the moment, I feel like I'm um, in a bubble. Um, I've been away from socials. Mm. I'm prioritising my health, um, my mental health, mm. physical health. And I believe that once that's all in order, which it, I feel like it's in order now, then I'll, you know, get into that space where um, I'm able to socialise and talk to people. Um, I am going ham on business at the moment. Um, and I think I like the balance of just focusing on my health and 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 business, you know, and also um, spirituality as well. Yeah. That's um, going well. I wake up and praise every day. Um but so yeah, just juggling between those three have been amazing. When it comes to socialising um, and just, you know, checking in with people within my network, I'll be honest, that is at an all-time low right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not the end of the world. I think um, I'll come back to that at a later time and and explain to people what I've been going through um, f- f- for the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. month, and they'll understand. So, yeah, just in due timing, that's where I'm at right now. So, yeah, I'm just focusing on, you know, my health, spirituality and business. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And I think, um, you know, your point around those people understanding, you know, I'm one of those people, obviously, I, I want your time. I want to hang out with you, catch up. Yeah. You know, it's something that we've been wanting to do for a while. But, yeah. like, we get it. And when you're ready, like, myself and the others will be here, we'll be ready. Yeah. And I love that you understand that. Yeah. You know, I, I really do but appreciate I know, like, that. We might exchange a few messages. I might not hear from you for weeks, mm. but I know that, okay, 
when he's ready, we'll come back. Or I would say to Melvin, I work. Oh, like, how's Rizzy doing? Is he, is he good? Like, how's his health? Calm, yeah. he's good. All right, calm. Like, when he's ready, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, man. Like, we're we're here like, for you. Appreciate it. Right, we'll catch up and we'll go out again. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess. I guess to answer the question for myself, I think it's been very timely considering we've just crossed over into the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. I think where I've gone through this season of being in the pit stop, yeah, taking a number of L's, albeit you know big and small, I am. I'm feel like I'm itching to get going. Yeah, like I'm getting restless. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's been so many highlights and positives and wins and blessings yeah. over the last six months but i'm really ready to lock in now yeah and i feel like that spark that i maybe semi lost over the last few months yeah i feel yeah. like it's coming back i can feel it that's good in my core yeah and i'm really ready yeah. to hit the ground running and um you know i don't know when when that breakthrough is gonna come yeah but i feel like right now if i can stay ready so i don't have to get ready yeah yep is my mindset right now so smoking the one liner so yeah I feel very focused I feel very determined I know that there are going to continue to be hurdles and challenges that are going to come my way be it you know professionally within business within my personal life but if the last six months have shown me anything it's shown me that I'm very 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 blessed to have a strong support system like you guys, yeah. like other people in my life, that every single time I stumble, if I fall down, I'm gonna have somebody there to help me get back up. So yeah, this season of my life, I feel like half time's over. Yeah, I'm coming out to sort of shoot the lights out in third quarter. Yeah, and you know when we get deeper into the year, then it's gonna be fourth quarter mindset. Yeah, so question. that's the plan. And um, what was that, sir? No, I was just gonna ask you a question. For, that's just to add to that. Um, do you feel like you've built resilience like from the L's that you've taken? Um, are you, do you feel like you're prepared for the, 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 L, the, more, like the, the L's that are going to come in the future? 100%. I feel like whenever the L's first come my way, yeah. mm-hmm. it affects me. Like I'm sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. But the more that come, then I, be, I feel like I build up some like, muscle memory to it. Yeah. I become adjusted. I become way more resilient. You know, I said to Melvin the other day, I was like, when everything's happening to me at once, I feel like that's when I'm starting to struggle. But if it's a couple of things here and there, I can manage it. And I feel, I feel like as time goes on, I become more and more and more resilient to things that previously this time last year or the year before or the year before that would have affected me more so. So whether it's my mental health, mm. my career, my business, my personal life, um, I know there's always an area for improvement or to build more resiliency. Yeah. But I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah. So so yeah, I feel very, very hopeful for the rest of the year. Very hopeful for sort of the second half of this game. Yeah. And um, hopefully finish the year with a uh, trophy with a ring. Yeah. There we go. Retire my jersey in the rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I guess for me, it's been, it's been. I'm going into half time. Up. You know. I'm, I'm leaning on the scoreboards. I'm not going to try to downplay it and feel as if I've taken L's, it's been struggles, but, you know, it's been, that's life, right? But I feel like you know, they blow the whistle and look at the scoreboard like, well, at least we're up. 
Mm. Feels like we're down. So we check the scoreboard. We're actually up. Um, and I guess for me and for anyone that's listening, one of the biggest things is kind of like understanding when you need to put yourself in a pit stop. You know, Danny spoke about feeling like you're in a pit stop, but sometimes it's like, actually, I need to go in a pit stop. Like my tires are wearing down. Yeah, you know? yeah. I can feel in at this point. I would like to feel like people can start to, especially when we all had to stay at home for a whole, you know, one and a half years for, for the pandemic. People should know their themselves enough to be self awareness. Like, the fuel gauge is running low. Yeah, mm. and I'll be it'll be crazy of me to not take a pit stop for the whole Q three. Yeah, or take it too late when the engine's blown and the race is done. Yeah. yeah, and for me, it's like I'm going into the second half of the year Q three with a perspective of, you know what? I'm not going to come out the gates bursting. I'm going to refuel. I'm going to change the time. I'm going to change the oil. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get the therapist to rub my legs. I'm going to be like, actually, coach, you know what? Don't put me in straight away. Let's see how the game goes. And I guess that's for me just to kind of take stock of what happened in the first half of the year mm. and kind of decompress. Load management. That's it. And trying to take that thing of just like, all right, cool. Knowing that I went through an intense first half of the year and not try to say, oh, you know what? Because you can you can replicate that same effort again. And I know knowing myself that mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I have to work in burst in Q3 to finish strong in Q4. So I guess a lot of it is going to come, going into the second half of the year, going into July, is like appreciating the blessings and the struggles that I had in the first half of the year. Yeah. Recalibrating, resting, understanding where I need to go from here and pivot and going into a strong end of Q3 to Q4. So that's just where I am. That's where, and people need to understand what works best for them. You know, we spoke, I think winning, the term winning streak has come up quite a bit today. And sometimes the reason why we call it, we call it winning streaks now is because we've got that self-awareness to understand what that moment was at the time. Because yeah. the first time, or whenever you're in a winning streak, sometimes you don't even look at it as a streak. You're like, I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm, mm. This is, this is all working out because of me. Yeah. So it's not a streak because a streak insinuates it ends. This is all going to be sustainable forever. Yeah. And I guess how where we've come to a point in our lives where we can call it a streak is understanding that, ah, yeah, I was on a winning streak, but there's going to be something else to humble that. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's going to stop at a certain point and I need to take stock and learn and pivot and get another couple of winning streaks again. So that's where I kind of at and just kind of rest in mind, being kind to myself, which I encourage everyone to do. 100%. Um, and giving your brain, your body, your mind the time to acclimatise to everything you've achieved, everything you've gone through in the first six months of this year and saying, and giving yourself, okay, let me pace myself for a strong finish for the latter half. So yeah, that's, that's what I'll be. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of uh, my perspective on it all. I think just on that point, just very quickly, is, you know, you're very, very right in terms of, you know, you feel like the man when you're getting all the wins. Yeah. And you feel like you're the man of the year. You're the MVP. Yeah. Success is dangerous. Dangerous. It, number one, the way it inflates your your ego, your ego. inner monologue of this is it. This is who I am. This yeah. is how I'm always going to do things. Yeah. And it, you know, to a point that you made earlier, I think it creates a blind spot yeah. in yourself. So, you know, appreciate those good times when they're there. Mm-hmm. Savor the moment. Mm-hmm. Every win, big or small. Yeah. But know in your mind that like this too shall pass. Mm. Good or bad, like this too shall pass. So make the most of it while you're there, but be prepared for the storm. Because yeah. it's coming. Yeah. Definitely. 
I think um, it's easy to get complacent when you are winning. Um, it's easy to get overconfident in your strategy and think that, you know, I can just put this strategy on on repeat. Mm. But, you know, we're in a world where things change, the algorithms change, trends tra- um, change. So you can't be too confident in what's working now. It's like the world's changing so fast. Like what's what could work uh, for one term could just mm. stop or what could work for like a week could no longer work the next the next week i'll give you an example so like even like for example um with goodman factory we were running at facebook ads and they were performing very well and i believe that if as long as i keep doing this just a matter of time before we take yeah. over and then facebook changed its algorithm there was an ios update mm-hmm. that just i had to change our whole strategy just because of that ios yeah. update um on on um, the apple did so just little things like that, you can't get too confident in what's working for you now. Mm. You know, I think that's very important for like business owners to to be aware of that. You know, this world changed very quick, and you know, you got you got to keep your eye on the ball, yeah, and know that this may not last forever. You know, mm. and also managing your emotions while you're winning, yeah, is very important. That's big. Easier said than said than done, but yeah. I think you need to be aware that wh- while you're in that moment where you are winning, you need to be aware that I need to manage my emotions. I need to be aware of what's changing mm. as I'm winning. Mm. Yeah. yeah, don't lose that. Don't lose that perspective. Like have that confident humility. Yeah. But you know, to your point, things are going to change. So I think the more adaptable you can be, I think I've noticed this actually in our industry mm. in particular is. The most successful people that I've seen in our cohort, you know, amongst our peers are those that are most able to deal with change and pivot very effectively and very efficiently. Yeah. Those, even those businesses and the businesses that pivoted to iOS changes, the businesses that are going to be able to pivot to Web3 eventually, those are the ones that are going to come out at the end. Yeah. Same when it comes to individuals as well. How quickly and how effectively can you pivot to change and how adaptable are you? Yeah, to evolve or die effectively, yeah. and encompassing that in how you approach life, how you approach your relationships, and understanding that you know when and when to pivot, and embracing the change. You know, I think me and me and Danny spoke about it just the other day about sometimes there's the stigma or the a negative connotation attached to change, when really it's about evolution. Because some people and, and some, it's like, oh, change means I can't be who I want to be anymore or who I uh, actually enjoy being or my circumstance right now. If it was to change, it can change for the worse, but it's about the evolution of actually going a step higher. And it, it may feel brutal in the beginning, mm. you know, same like growing pains. That's how yeah. I like to achieve it. It's about, but there is the, the, the kind of objective words, growing. Yeah. And embracing that and taking that and, and knowing that whatever level you're going to elevate to is for the best. But yeah, um, I think that brings our episode to an end. You know, Danny, thank you very much coming for coming on. on. Thank yeah. you very much for having me, guys. Um, do you want to plug anything that you've got going on right now? Yeah, um, obviously, hit me up on Instagram if you've got any questions or if you want any feedback about today's session. Um, I'm assuming that that's going to be on screen. Mm-hmm. It's at Danny Nakvi. Um, go check out my businesses, my jewellery brand, Blacksmith London on Instagram. And the health stuff is coming soon. 
Um, so stay tuned for that. It's currently rest with Sona, but working on some things in the background. It's going to take some time, but stay tuned for that as well. Okay, so lovely. This has been you get pos. You, you get pos- what are you saying, bro? <laughs> uh, just, what do you put that drink? Yo? <laughs> no, um, this has been you get podcast signing out. Melly, Rizzy, Danny. You get podcast. Thanks for listening.